0: Not because we have doubts in our heart, but we were raised this question because you know we want to show the answer to these questions. so and listen. Um, read these two verses together, from verse number three <coughs> up to verse number four. If you are there, let's read together from verse number three and verse number four together now. Ready, read. Now in this verse, that there shall come in the last days offers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the of coming? For, for sins the of fathers sin. fell All things, things continue to the and beginning and of the day. Father in heaven, we praise you, Lord. We magnify your name. And thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for the, um, uh, for the uh, blessing, Lord, of the day. And I pray that you will continue, Lord, to um, move in our hearts and to uh, speak to us through your word. Bless your people now. And thank you, Lord, that you have given us the opportunity to gather together this morning. Bless, Lord, and... and give uh, wisdom and give um, um, understanding to our uh, people and I pray oh God that you will also give me the wisdom and understanding and touch my lips, touch my mouth and uh, fill me Lord with your Holy Spirit and, and empower me and that I can open my mouth boldly and to proclaim your word and to your people and I pray oh God that all of us will understand, all of us uh, uh, will of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless all of us now in the street train Amen. Please be seated, knowing this first that there, there shall come in the last days scoffers walking under their own lust. And that's what they are. They're walking under their own lust. And we all understand this as we know, as we observe. Uh, people in our surrounding people in our that we meet every day and we meet these people every day and thank god not so many in our in our acquaintance because most of the people that we meet in our lives are uh, also believers so we don't have much of this but if you go out there if you go to the you know in queen street or any other places even in your workplaces you will find this kind of people scoffers i'll tell you my friend um All the unfulfilled prophecy in the Word of God is bound up with the personal, bodily, and the visible return of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is where, you know, all these things um, will will all be fulfilled. And today we will consider this question. We will consider this question of the scoffers. (laughs) The question um, is... When or what, uh, um, where is the promise of His coming? And You see, scoffers—the word scoffers—these um, are the people who make a mockery on sin. These are the people who make a mockery on God and His plan of salvation in Jesus Christ. They don't believe in that, and in, in fact, it, you know, uh, they, they just laugh at it. I have been in the ministry for quite some time. I think uh, I've been a pastor now for 13 years, and I've been I've been a Christian for 30 years. And again, the Lord has uh, uh, blessed me with uh, with the fellowship of the church. But I realized that as I grow up in the church and and, and and meet people outside the church, the scoffers are growing in number. They are growing and growing more and more. And again, when I talk to strangers, when I talk to people who you know, I just first met in my life, I already you know, put the condition in my heart that uh, this person might be a scoffer. So I condition myself not to get discouraged when I meet a scoffer because there are so many. Not to get discouraged by whatever they say, and I think to myself, all I need to do is I just present the gospel. I'll just lay it down before them. And, and again, um, I, will, I will leave it to them. And my approach to this is whether they have to take it or leave it. I don't even maybe engage myself into debate. I will not engage into a further discussion. Because again, um, the presentation of the gospel should not be debated. All we need to do is present it and let the people... Accept it or reject it, and it's, it should be them to make the decision. But always, with our presentation of the gospel, always bearing in mind that um, our labor is based upon the compassion for souls. We talk to them because we love their souls, we love them, we want them to be saved, we want them to, uh, you know, get the know Christ and the, and the power of the salvation. So that is what. The reason why we, we, we uh, go to them and speak to them. But sometimes, you know, this is different. When we talk to our loved ones and our loved ones don't understand. And our loved ones just don't believe. And we feel the sadness there because they're our loved ones. We feel the heaviness in our heart. Why did you cannot understand the gospel? Why, why did you not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? And it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine that these loved ones that we have will one day be separated from God for all eternity. And we will be suffering there in a place where they should not go there. And in the place that is not prepared for them in the first place. That place is prepared for Satan because of his rebellion against God. But God... The place called hell is not prepared for evil sinners. It is prepared for Satan only. But Satan, you know, dragged us uh, along with that. But these sinners have, you know, opportunity to be saved by Jesus Christ. That is why God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants all of us to come to the point of repentance we feel the sadness when our loved ones will reject the gospel we feel the sadness the sorrow in our heart and and perhaps it is heartbreaking and i will tell you my friend it is indeed heartbreaking we can almost feel that that the feeling of the lord jesus christ when he sees the rejection of the people in his surrounding he went to capernaum he went to these places in, in Jerusalem and people don't believe in him. They don't believe in him. And he dreamed him. He dreamed him in his heart. In Matthew chapter 23, verse number 37. Matthew chapter 23, verse number 27. He said, he said here, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together even as the hand gathereth her chickens under her wings and you will die. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, for I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till I sh- uh, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Oh, it is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking if your loved ones uh, would reject the gospel. The Apostle Paul shared the same, uh, shared the same sentiment. Shared the same pain in his heart. The Apostle Paul was heartbroken when he sees his relatives, when he sees his uh, people, his own countrymen, his own family, according to the flesh, rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that in Romans chapter 9, verse number 1. Romans chapter 9, verse number 1. I say the truth is Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. You know, that is how, you know, an, um, uh, uh, urgent is this. That this is how serious is this, that even the Apostle Paul would rather go to hell as long as his, all his family will be, go, will be going to heaven. He would rather die and go to hell and his family be saved. Because he knows, you know that the the, uh,
1: the the payment of the price of the Lord Jesus Christ, he has that agony
0: in his heart. That why these people do not understand, why these people do not believe, why do they not receive Jesus Christ. Romans chapter ten, the same apostle said this in verse number one. Romans chapter ten, verse number one, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. These people, they worship God, but they do not believe in Jesus Christ. These people, they have religion, but they do not submit to what Jesus Christ has done on the cross of Calvary. These people, they have knowledge of God, I mean, knowledge of religion, but not according to the knowledge of salvation they have. Christ. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. God's righteousness is when God the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross 2,000 years ago to pay for our sins. That is God's righteousness. Not your own good works, you know, giving to the poor, giving to the charity, giving to those are uh, uh, noble causes. It's good, but that is not the way where our souls will be saved from sin. The only payment for our sin is the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. Accept it into your own life. Yep. That is the only way. In, in the Bible says in John chapter 14, verse number John chapter 14, verse number 6. And he says unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In in Acts chapter four, verse number twelve, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. That is the name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ alone. You know, in, in, in verse number go back to Romans chapter 10, verse number three. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, that Jesus Christ alone is the Savior. Not our good works. Not our religion. Not the Baptist church. Not the pastor speaking. Not the Pope, you know, in, in Vatican. Not that the, you know, uh, uh, Secretary General of the Baptist Convention. No, my friend. Not Muhammad. Not Buddha. Only Jesus Christ is the Savior. Who yep. is God's righteousness. Yep. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. And going about. You know, people are establishing their own righteousness. Oh, as long as I have not uh, killed someone, I have I have not stolen someone's goods. I think I'm okay. They are establishing their own righteousness. As long as you know uh, uh, I'm I'm faithful in my job, uh, I think God will look at that. As long as as long as I'm respectful to my parents, respectful to my neighbors, as long as I live my life, you know, uh, within the bounds of the law, I think. I'm, I'm okay. My friend, you are establishing your own righteousness.
1: Yep. The
0: problem with this, God has a criteria.
1: Yep.
0: It's not your own criteria. Yep. It is God who set that criteria. He is the God. He said, For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. This is very sad. Because heaven is prepared for a prepared person. Heaven is already prepared for all of us. The problem is we do not believe. That the one thing that will send a person to hell is not his the greatness of his sin. The one thing that will send a person to hell is only his rejection of the Son of God. Jesus Christ. John chapter 3, verse number 36. John chapter 3, verse number 36. He that believeth, he that believeth on the Son, hath everlasting life. And he that believeth, not the Son, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. You see, the word believeth, that is the only way. He said, he that had you know, the greatest sin will go to heaven. No, God did not mention that because all of us are sinners in Him. All of us need some salvation. But, one, one thing that will send a person to hell is his rejection of Jesus Christ. Okay. In, in, in John chapter 3, verse number 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not, he that believeth not is condemned already. Oh, God will weigh my good deeds and bad deeds, and then I will know. For now, I, I we do not know. No one knows. But you know, God will weighing this good deeds, if my good deeds outweighs the bad deeds or my uh, I think I would say, no my friend, God already right now you are judged yep. right now God already has judgment on you Amen.
1: the judgment
0: is, do you have the son of God, if you do not have the son of God, then if death will come to you right in this very moment you will be sent to hell, not because you have seen more than the others yep. no my friend there might be a lot of people more sinners than you and they will go to heaven. Why? Because they accepted Christ. Remember the 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 the, the, the thieves, the thieves on the cross? Jesus Christ in the middle and two thieves there, the two malefactors. One on the left said, If thou be God, if thou be Christ, save yourself and ask. Then the other one on the other side, he said, Oh, don't say that. We are here because of our sins. And we 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 did this justly, but this man he had done nothing amiss. And he said to Jesus Christ, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus Christ said to him, Today thou shalt be with me to paradise. What is that? These two here are condemned to die because of their sins. Both of them they are equally, you know, sinful. And their sins are, are punishable by death because it's so great. But one sinner went to hell. One sinner went to heaven. What's the difference? One believed in Jesus Christ.
1: Yep. The other
0: one rejected Christ. Yep. My friend, only one thing that will send someone to hell is rejection of the Son of God. Yep. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. First, first John chapter... Um, 1st John chapter 2, 1st John chapter 5, verse number 11, John chapter 5, verse 11, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Yep. That is what God declared. This life is not in the Bible Baptist. Yep. This life is not in the Catholic Church. Yep. This life is not run by, by the Pope. This life is in His Son, yep. mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Verse 12, He that hath the Son hath life. Yep. And He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. My friend, life, life is only in the Lord of Jesus Christ. Mm. You need to, you know, look at this truth of the Bible because God cannot go wrong. God cannot go wrong. If you die and go to hell, this will come back to you. Did not I say that that, that heaven is only in my son? Did did not I say that um, if you believe on the son, you you will get to heaven? These words will come back to you. These words will judge you. You see, but again, there are so many and vast number of people right now. They are growing. They are growing and growing in number. And they will question everything about God. They will question and, you know, and and and, um, and scoff. But today, my friend, let's take this question seriously and consider that this testimony which the scripture gives to us the certainty of the Lord's coming. The first thing that we need to uh, to understand here, and Paul tells us exactly, or Peter tells us exactly what the Scopers will say in the future, and that future is today. That future is today that we hear these people say, oh, where is the promise of this coming? Today we will supply seven answers to that question. Number one, Where is the promise of His coming? The promise of His coming is found in the Old Testament of the Bible. Right there from the very beginning of mankind. Right there from the very beginning while they were there uh, near the Garden of Eden. God has promised. In the book of uh, uh, Genesis, it tells us there, Verse number, chapter 3, verse number
1: 15.
0: It shall bruise thy head, and shall bruise his heel. In these 39 books, and if you know that the, the Old Testament is comprised of 39 books, and in that 39 books, uh, it is divided into five um, sections. First is the, is the book of Moses, which is uh, comprised of five books, the Pintachok, the Pentateuch from uh, Genesis, um, um, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy—they are called the Pentateuch—and also the twelve historical books. And then it is also the, there's a book for poetry and uh, the book for major and minor prophets from Isaiah to Malachi. And these thirty-nine books, all inspired by God. In in Second Peter chapter one, verse twenty-one. Second Peter chapter one, verse twenty-one. For the prophecy came not in old time. By the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, yep, by the Holy Ghost, yep. The Son is said, Oh, uh, forever, O oh Lord, thy word is seated in heaven, yep. Amen. In, in, in the second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof. For correction, for instruction and righteousness, so that the mind of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished with all good works. These thirty-nine books comprised together in the Old Testament, um, um, we can find each one of these books the promise of the coming of the Lord Jesus. Remember that books written before even Jesus Christ arrived, before he was even born two thousand years ago. These books of the Old Testament were, were already written. He the Bible says that he shall it, he shall bruise thy thy head. So he here is referred to the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the seed of the woman. And and again, um, this is refers to the second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ will come and then he will finish this world. He will finish the um, um, the reign of Satan in this world, and Satan will be revealed. Time will come that Satan will I mean the Antichrist will be revealed. We do not know who is the Antichrist now, but he's coming. He's coming very soon. Anytime soon that, that wicked man, wicked person will be revealed. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 8. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verse number 8. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. In Revelation chapter 20, verse number 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven. Having the uh, having the key of the bottomless pit. And a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon. the That old serpent, which is the devil and Satan. And bound him a thousand years. Yep. And cast him into the bottomless pit. Yep. And shut him up. And set a seal upon him that he should be saved, the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose a little season. My friend, what we are waiting right now, we are waiting for the rapture. Rapture, the taking away of God's people. If you have Jesus Christ today, you will be taken into the clouds, into the air, to meet the Lord Jesus Christ by his coming down. The coming of Jesus Christ uh, uh, is two-tier, two-tier. The first tier is Right there, are the clouds and all the same will, will rise into the sky and meet him in the in the air. And the second tier is him is him um, um, touching down in the mouth in the Mount of Megiddo, in the valley of Megiddo. Right there in the valley of Megiddo, he will commence what we call and what we hear now from the internet and movies, the Battle of Armageddon. And that is the second tier of his coming. And that is where uh, all the tribulations and all the marking of 666 is already finished. All the marking of, 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 of um, you know, the, the microchips, whatever they use is all be finished and Jesus Christ will finish it all. And after that, Jesus Christ will win the battle for sure. He will win the battle and then he will reestablish the kingdoms of this world. He will reestablish the kingdoms and he will set up kings of all the countries there will be kings who will be set up. And he will be the King of kings. Yep. And the Lord of
1: lords. Yep.
0: That is the you know uh, the, the finishing off of Satan. And again, um, um, the Lord will... What we are waiting right now is the rapture. You and I, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you will be part of the rapture. We will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I will tell you, this rapture is not... Something, you know, that has not happened before. There is a precedent of this structure. There is a biblical precedent uh, of this um, event. It happened to Enoch in the Old Testament. You know, um, Enoch, around 5,000 years ago, there was that man who, who pleased God. Perhaps when he, when he had a son, his life was changed. You know, sometimes some fathers, when they have, uh, when 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 they are married, they are so like uh, happy-go-lucky and they don't they don't care their families. But when they have children, they become changed. The, the same thing with Enoch. Enoch got changed when he got his son by the name of Melchizedek, uh, Genesis chapter five, verse number twenty-three. Genesis chapter five, verse number twenty-three. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. God took him. God raptured him. And that picture of that rapture will become the same picture of the rapture that we are going to have. You know, Enoch is one example and Elijah is another. Elijah was different because he was, uh, you know, he was caught in a chariot of fire and he went to heaven alive. Only two people in the Bible that experience going to heaven alive. But I will tell you, my friend, there will be millions. There will be millions when Jesus Christ comes. Millions of us that have Jesus Christ. If we are alive by the time, then we will be caught up to heaven. First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number, um, I will start verse number uh, 15. Verse number 13, but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep, those people who died in Christ, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so they also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You see, Elijah, Enoch, you know, experience this, we will experience this, because God has promised it. Where is the promise of his coming? Oh, that Old Testament has all, the promise of his coming. Why, where is the promise of His coming? Number two, the four Gospels of our Bible in the New Testament. have all the promise of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The four Gospels we have here, they are inspired. They are authoritative record of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And over and over again, He spoke of His second coming. Plenty of places in the scripture He spoke about that He will come again. He said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. He promised that and he did. And it was fulfilled. In verse 27, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels and and then he shall reward every man according to his word. And in, in Matthew chapter 24 verse 3, and as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, his disciples came and preached privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be and what shall be the signs of thy coming and the end of the world? And he said in verse number 27, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even into the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse number 25, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jump to verse number forty-four. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. The Lord Jesus Christ will come while you are not thinking. That is why we need to be ready. That is why we need to be, you know, prepared. And you see in Matthew chapter five, if you have time, read that in the Bible in your home, and you can see right there the parable, of the ten virgins. There are ten virgins. One, one group is foolish; the other group is wise. And you, you can tell why they are wise and why they are why, why they are foolish. My friend, all of this scripture will tell us about the second coming of the Lord Jesus. I have have the scriptures so here prepared, but um, I will just go straight. The other other promise of the Lord Jesus, of his coming, the promise of his coming is found in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1 verse number 9. And when he had spoken these things, while he beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Which also said, "Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven?" This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall also come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. In other words, Jesus Christ will be coming down as they saw him going up. The same manner. Where is the promise of his coming? Oh, we have a lot of promises, and the promise of his coming is found also in the book of the Epistles of Paul uh the book of uh, james and peter and john and jude let's uh, let's take a look at the uh, first corinthians chapter four verse number five apostle paul said this he said therefore judge nothing before the time until the lord comes.' so apostle paul anticipating he said waiting for the coming of jesus christ and confirmed that in his heart and he knows that he is coming and he said Catch nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels in the heart. And then shall every man have praise of God. The, chapter 15, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last from For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, So when this uh, uh, corruptible shall have put on corruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sin? O grave, where is thy victory? But the sin of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians 3, verse number 4. Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him. You will also appear with him in glory. Titus chapter 2, verse number 11. God doesn't want you to miss this. And God wants you to take this upon, uh, you know, upon you so that you will share with him his glory. In Titus 2, 11, Titus chapter 2, verse 11, for the grace of God, which bringeth salvation... Had appeared to all men, teaching us that denying and godliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of that great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter nine, verse number today. Hebrews 9 to 8, So Christ was once suffered or offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin and to salvation. He will appear and he will come again. But when is the promise of his coming? We have the promise of his coming. Apostle Peter said that. James said that. Apostle John said that. In John, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 28, First John chapter 2, verse 8, And now, little children, abide in him, Jesus Christ. And when he shall appear, we may, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. People will be ashamed. A lot of Christians will be embarrassed. A lot of Christians will be ashamed. We try our best not to be ashamed. We come to church. We dress up properly. We, We go to the shop. We dress up properly. We don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to be ashamed. We behave properly because we don't want to be ashamed. I will tell you, my friend, whatever we do, time will come when Jesus Christ will appear. You will be ashamed. Because everything that we do in this life will be made manifest. And most of the time that we those things that we cover, those things that we hide are bad things in the sight of the Lord. But God sees all of that. He said in first um, second Corinthians five ten. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number ten for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that we may receive the things done in our body according to that He hath done, whether it be good or bad all things will be manifested all things will be revealed those covered will be you know open those uh, whispered in the in the ear will be proclaimed in the house of us. in other words there's nothing that we are hiding there's nothing that we do in this world that will not be revealed in, in ecclesiastes chapter 12 verses 13 and 14 let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every word into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. God is no respecter of person. Oh, I will I will protect the reputation of this man because this is a pastor. Oh, I will protect the reputation of this man because this is a faithful person in the church. My, my friend, God is no respecter of person. If you commit sin, then you will pay the same. And, oh, a lot of embarrassment. Oh, a lot of shameful things. When when Jesus Christ will come, everything will be revealed. You will see all the secrets of men. And not just your family will see, not just the whole uh, a community, and not just the whole city of Oakland will see, the whole, you know, uh, uh, creation. Everyone will see what you have done in secret. That is why there will be shame. That is why in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 28, this is an admonition for all of us, you know, straighten up your life. Because everything that you do is on the record. Everything that you do is recorded. It says here, and now little children, abide in Him. You know, how can we escape sin in our life? Abide in Jesus Christ. Amen. Think about the Lord Jesus all the time. Come to church and listen and and meditate upon the word of God. These are the things that can keep you away from sin. Abide in Him that when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. 1 John 3, verse number 1. 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. My friend, no matter how big your sin is, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, your sins are forgiven. And what manner of God is that? How sinful we are. How holy is our God. And yet God take that barrier away so that we can come to Him. And that barrier of sin and that barrier of, you know, wickedness was taken away by Jesus Christ so that we can come to the Lord our God. But what manner of love is that this is apostle john explaining this and questioned oh i cannot believe it i cannot understand the kind of love god has oh what manner of love that the father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of god therefore the world knoweth knoweth us not because it knew him not beloved now are we the sons of god and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Jude, Jude 14, Jude 14. you will see here about Enoch, talking about, uh, uh, he prophesied about the coming of the Lord. That righteous man there was t- taken to heaven, but before he was taken to heaven, he said this word. And Enoch also, the the seventh from Adam, prophesied of this, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Now, he doesn't know that we will be existing. He doesn't know that year 2020 will come. Because this is 5,000 years ago. This was before even Moses was born. This was even before, um, uh, you know, uh, Abraham was born. And billions and billions of people came and gone in this world. And he, he, in those times, he doesn't have millions of people, only few. But he was speaking about this. That time will come, that the Lord will come with 10,000 of his saints. How did he know this? How did he know that Jesus Christ will come and behind the Lord Jesus Christ are millions of saints, sinners like us, will follow him? This was Enoch. What is the promise of his coming? My friend, the promise of his coming is found also in the Apocalypse. It is found in the book of Revelation. It is found right there in the the pages of the book of Revelation. And you see the, the promise of his personal return. And the whole message of the book of Revelation is summed up with this return of Jesus Christ. The importance of His return is very important. Revelation chapter 1 verse number 7. Revelation chapter 1 verse number 7. Behold, He cometh with clouds. This is not happening yet, but it's going to happen because the Bible has written it. Yep. If it is found in the Word of God, then it's going to happen. Yep. Whatever happens in this world, this is going to happen.
1: Yep. Behold,
0: He cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see Him. And remember, in those times there's no video, there's no uh, television. But how come the entire world, when one part of the world is dark, if it means that the other part is daytime, how come this person, Apostle John, would write things like this that every eye would see him? Uh, now, we understand. We understand now. But in those times, if this is a miracle. How did he know this? Behold, he cometh in clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which first him, the, the Israelite people, first uh, him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. Revelation chapter 22, verse number 7. Behold, I come quickly. This is coming from the mouth of the Lord Jesus. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. In verse number 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. In verse number 20, He which testifies the same saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Where is the promise of his coming? The promise of his coming is found also in the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper will explain us, will, will, will take us there. That there is a promise of the Lord Jesus Christ and we have to perform Lord's Supper until the Lord Jesus Christ will come as is expected for His people. You see in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 23. um, He said, For I have received the Lord, that which also I have delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also, he took the cup, and when he had sucked, saying, This cup is the new testament in my blood. This do ye, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he comes. Until the Lord Jesus Christ arrives back, until the Lord Jesus Christ will be here, we have to perform the Lord's Supper. But we have not done that, but we need to. Where is the promise of His coming? Oh, it reveals all throughout the Bible. And I will tell you, not just in the Bible. Where is the promise of His coming? The promise of His coming is found, not just in the Bible, but is found in the heart of every true believer. Every true believer will have that promise of his coming. I know that he's going to come. I know that he's going to come to take me out of this world. I know that he's going to come to take you also where he is right now. You see, my friend, Revelation chapter 19, verse number 10. Notice here. And, and I fell. This is John the Apostle. And I fell at his feet. This is the feet of the, of the angels that appeared to him. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou, do it not. You see, you cannot worship statue. You cannot worship Mama Mary's statue. Why? Because even this angel refused to be worshipped. This is an angel from heaven. And Apostle John worshipped, but said, no, don't do it. He said, see thou, do it not. I am thy fellow servant. I know thy brethren that have this testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. My friend, here, you can see the word, the testimony of Jesus. My friend, that is us, believers. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you have the testimony of Jesus within you, within me. And in this particular connection, we can see the promise of His coming. The Holy Spirit of God places that in our hearts the assurance and the expectation of his near return. And because his return is coming so near, that is why we cry out and say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. He's promised that for a long time, but now it's for us to say, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. If you have the Lord Jesus Christ in your life today, oh, you can say that with all uh, excitement. You can say that with all uh, you know, uh, confidence. Lord Jesus, please come. But my friend, if you are not living a life for the Lord Jesus Christ, I think you will be ashamed. But why should we be ashamed when we are already warned by the Lord Jesus? That we can come and we can come with confidence. We can come with confidence before Him. Revelation chapter 22, verse number 20, last verse. The Bible says, he which testifies these things said, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. My friend, where is the promise of his coming? The promise of his coming is not just found in the Bible. The promise of his coming is also found in every believer's heart. In your heart and mind. And I hope that you have the Lord Jesus Christ in your mind today. That you can have the confidence of the coming of the Lord. This power is a breath. Heavenly Father, thank you Lord for the reminder of the word. The people in this world will ask for the promise of this coming. But Lord, deep within our heart, we know for your coming. even so, come, God, Lord Jesus. And Lord, it is found in the Bible, everywhere in the Bible. But Lord, these people, that ask questions. But Lord, we know that they, they don't ask questions to know about your coming. They just ask questions because they scoff. They scoff. They mock at you. But Lord, not with us. Not to us, O oh God. We give you reverence, Lord. We give you praise in our hearts. We do not see you, Lord, but we love you as much as uh, those people in the past that saw you lord we, we love you with all our hearts even though we have seen you in, in, in the flesh but lord um, we know at time and time will come that our faith will become silent the faith that we have in you will turn into sight because you will appear yourself to us and lord i pray that you will bless your people i pray, pray lord that um, we have that assurance of faith in you. Bless the Lord, these individuals that are here this morning, and our visitors. Bless our people, the church, and I pray, oh God, that we will um, um, remind them all the time that you are coming, you are coming, and coming very soon. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing the final song.